What is up, everybody? And welcome to the playoffs. Sims and Lefko, you've been here for a better part of the whole season. Hell, I know a lot of you have been here since episode one, like three years ago, and it's another time to go to the playoffs. And you're still sweating on the forehead. It is. This is the hottest the studio's ever been. Would you agree? Uh, it's yeah, it's yeah. And it's I'm up there. wearing a hoodie with and a rose roses. Bowl? You wearing the rose in bowl? honor of an amazing rose bowl yesterday. <laughs> did you enjoy Baker Mayfield? I did. Did you very enjoy much. the thick legs and ass of Nick Chubb? <laughs> I did. Yes, oh Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. They I mean, are fantastic. They are. They're fantastic. Are you excited for the the championship next week, George Alabama? Very much. I mean, it, to me, it just, first of all, the SEC is king. For anybody who didn't think that is absolutely berserk, okay? And, uh, yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch, certainly. It's been an amazing weekend. John Gruden rumors are not only back, they seem to be real. We had coaches that lost their jobs. Apologies to the families, but we're going to try and figure out who takes those jobs today. We're going to break down the playoff picture and tell you which wild card team has the best chance at doing, I don't know, a Green Bay Packers, maybe a six seed making a run to the Super Bowl. We'll break that sure. down. And then also we're going to look at Sims's top five candidates uh, that are available for coaching. As always, hit us up in on the Facebook comment section. And if you are listening on the podcast, comment on iTunes, leave a five-star review, and I will read it during episode 147, which will be jam-packed. Thursday... We're going to be previewing all the games, the four games this upcoming weekend. So we're going to save that for Thursday. Okay. Wednesday, 147. I want that to be your big notebook dump. So I, I want to look at all recapping the games. Today is kind of figuring out what the hell happened and talking about but, coaches. Okay, but so this, I want to figure this out while we're talking about this right now. I mean, okay, for the recapping the games, like, what do you want? Do you want to go over the New England Jets game that has nothing to do no. with this week? Right. So I'm only going to recap the teams that are relevant to this week in the wild. I card. want you to do a deep dive on the wild card teams right. and then I want you to watch like I did exclusively Patrick Mahomes because well, yeah. that's interesting to me mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of finding out some wrinkles that the teams could take advantage of in the wild card All right, cool. you cool with that? Yeah. Good, putting you to work <laughs> What is up? I'm excited. Let's first take a look at the teams that made the playoffs, because before we start talking about the teams whose seasons ended in disappointment, these are the teams that freaking made it. Patriots are your one seed in the AFC. Steelers are the two. Jaguars are the three. Chiefs are the four. I think that's kind of what we've been thinking about for the last few weeks. Titans get the five seed, beating the Jaguars, and kind of holding on at the end. And out of freaking nowhere, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, we were writing them off when Nathan Peterman got in and threw those five interceptions against the Chargers. Uh, I will say this point blank. I am excited for Buffalo finally getting in the playoffs this century. I will also admit I wanted the Chargers to get the spot. I'm a little bit disappointed. It's a great Week 17 story. I'm so happy that a guy like Kyle Williams gets in the playoffs for the first time in his career and actually got a touchdown in that game against the Dolphins. But I am disappointed the Chargers aren't in because I think they're playing better football than the Bills by far right now. Yeah, well, I mean, I would just argue, you know, I mean, the way it is, the Bills are not one of the 12 best teams in football. That's just the way I look at it. And certainly not going to be without a healthy LaShawn McCoy. Jacksonville, just real quick on those I mean, they dodged a bullet, in my opinion, with the fact that uh, Buffalo gets in, gets the six seed, the fact that they don't have to deal with the Titans once again. I mean, the, the, the Titans are made to beat Jacksonville. They can run the ball a little bit, keep them honest from that. Yeah. Mariota hit a pass here and there. Dick LeBeau's going to scheme up this simple Blake Bortles passing attack, yes. which is a shallow crosser and a screen pass. That's all they do, mm. if anybody notices. It's like once they realize he can't throw that game, they go, oh, he's having one of those Blake Bortles days. Let's change our passing attack. Um, so they dodged a bullet in a big-time way, especially with the Bills with no McCoy. Well, let's give a little bit of yeah. props to the Bills, though. Yeah. What does this mean for McDermott, who a lot of people were questioning when he made that switch? What does this mean for him and his Bills tenure in his first year they go to the playoffs? Well, I, I think it just speaks to him and the fact that what he's done to change what whatever you want to say, the culture of that organization, yeah. how much more buttoned it up is compared to Rex Ryan. And he sh- it shows you that you don't always need to have the most talented team to win win football games or get in the playoffs. I mean, we should know that from the New England Patriots. They're not the most talented team in the fo- in football every year. How did the year. Bills get here? The Bills, what did they do? Because they don't have that much talent. No, but they, I don't. I, look, they have talent. But they've gotten rid of so many of their big-name players. 
pass from Marcel Darius to Sammy Watkins, and yet they still got it done. No, they get it done because they play smart situational football. They don't mess up games themselves, gotcha. right? The more times they're not, the team they're playing screws up the game. This is the quote that everyone makes fun of. You have to learn how not to lose before you can There's win. And I know it sounds that. ridiculous. It's some Yogi Berra shit, but it's true. Yes. I Turnovers, mean, yeah. dumb decisions, going for it on fourth down when you don't have to. Right. I mean, yeah. Penalties. What's their net? Their net they're, they're plus nine in the takeaway uh, turnover differential. So that just shows you there that they've played pretty good football as far as taking care of the ball. We've talked about it all year. Not letting up big plays on defense. Yes. Uh, more times than not, they just try to execute, not mess the game up. And they've been able to pull out some of those close football games with that with that formula. Uh, before we get to the NFC canvasser, I'm just going to stick with this and talk about the Cincinnati Baltimore ending. Yeah, uh, were you watching it live? I was watching it live. What was your reaction? I I couldn't believe it. I mean, when he, the drive started, I was like, all right. So when's Baltimore going to you know close this out? I'll say this: wasn't shocked. Right. I, I thought Baltimore. I thought Cincinnati plus nine and Arizona plus nine and a half were two lines that we both oh. looked at each other and went, "Who the fuck is making I've, these lines?" I am so mad. I picked Arizona to win the game originally, and I called up. Knox, your writer. My Knox, my writer, and changed it the night before he published it. And I was like, you know what? Let's make it a 21-20. Look, when Seattle started making that comeback, I go, man, they're so good Here they go. But Cincinnati, they just match up so well with Baltimore. But for it to come down to a fourth down and long, and you hit Tyler Boyd across the middle, and he breaks all those tackles. I don't know if you've seen the video inside Miami Stadium of all the Bills going crazy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw the video of Kyle Williams' kids being doused in Gatorade and all that. I saw that. But, man, Baltimore letting it slip. I think they're one of the more disappointing stories of the year, especially with, you remember, how they started. 2-0, 10 turnovers yeah. in the first two games, defense looking great, and then they go to London, get their ass kicked by Jacksonville, and then just to end the season like that, though. Yeah, they're still not there. I mean, they were never quite there to me. Early in the year when they were healthy, I thought, ooh, this team, when Joe Flacco gets 100% hitting on all cylinders. He was playing better. Yeah, and he was playing better. I mean, but you got to remember, I mean, he didn't practice in the preseason. He didn't play in the preseason. The first thing he ever did was play in a regular season game, so the offense struggled. Then, by the time he started to come around, I mean, they were missing, you know, too many quality football players, both starting guards. One of them's an all-pro. Okay, you know, Brett Urban, we talked about about him in the middle. Uh, they're just so there's they're a team that still needs a few pieces and needs a little more team speed in general, I think on both sides of the ball. And Lefko, I'll just say this. Cincinnati's more talented than Baltimore. They have better players. Cincinnati is going to be a gold mine for whoever takes over that job if Marvin Lewis does decide to step away. Shout out uh, the two coaches we were just talking about. Dean Pease retiring with the Ravens. Yep. Really good defensive coordinator Great for the defensive last two coordinator. years. And then Bruce Arians retiring in Arizona. We yeah. were just talking about the Cardinals. Right. He had a great career, too, and he went out and he gave that speech. And I got a little emotional. I'm not going to lie. A few other notes just from this weekend. And you notice New England, this is from Dylan Barons, I think this was on uh, Twitter, saying that New England was trying a lot of end-arounds. All of a sudden, the coaching staff getting ready for the playoffs. It's something that Sims has always said. Why are the Patriots the only team that runs trick plays in the playoffs? (laughs) That's when you should do it. It's funny they started in Week 17. And then also Golden Tate throwing that two-point conversion to Stafford. How about that? A left-handed touchdown throw. It's good to see those back. That one pointed out to us by Matt Lee. Let's take a look now at the NFC playoff standings. We've known these six teams for a while. Seattle, we've kind of known, wasn't going to get it done. Eagles are your home field advantage, even though they get shut out 6 nothing at home. <laughs> To uh, the Cowboys. It didn't look good. That game was fucking gross. I didn't watch past Nick Foles. I watched yes. the majority of the throws. I don't need to watch throws, Nate Sudfeld. But, yeah. Vikings are the second seed. Rams, even with a loss, take the three because the Saints lost as well to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it looked like they were trying. They lost in the last seconds. Carolina takes the five seed, and Atlanta... If you look at this list, Eagles, Vikings, Rams, Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Atlanta is the only team that made it to the playoffs last year. Yeah. That means something. We have been deemed Atlanta haters all season, but one of the first things you said to me was, 
That was the worst case scenario for the Rams. Oh. I bet you they were pissed. Why? I mean, because they thought they were going to be the four seed. They thought Carolina was going to be the five seed. Carolina is a, I mean, that's a great matchup for the Rams, right? Carolina, their past defense, we've talked about it. I mean, what we've seen here the last few weeks against yeah. good offenses, they can't really play a man-to-man. It was going to be a tough stop for them to stop that Rams offense. And then, oh, the Carolina one-dimensional offense against that Rams defense? Yes, I mean, they they. I mean, Carolina couldn't block uh, New Orleans and 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 uh, what, Grady Jarrett the other day. Grady no, Jarrett was everywhere. So I mean, literally during the game, I because I was texting with my dad a little bit. He said, "You seen anything?" I just said, "Man, if Carolina thinks Grady Jarrett's hard to block, wait till they get a load of Aaron Donald next week." Man, and it ended up not working out. And yes, I mean, it was a blessing for the Saints. Here they are. They get to play Carolina Panthers, who they manhandled twice. twice. Both times. Right. And then the Atlanta Falcons beat the Saints once. The game just a few weeks ago in New Orleans was very close. I mean, let's not forget the Saints got stopped on a fourth and goal on the one-inch line. I mean, or the Falcons, sorry. So now you got the Rams, who are one of the fastest teams left in football, and now they got the fastest team in football, so that kind of negates that their greatest advantage. It is going to be great. Is that I wouldn't the only be... good game of Wild Card Weekend? I, I think I'll still be pumped to see New Orleans, Carolina a little bit. And I'll say this. You know why Chiefs-Titans is exciting? Yeah. Because the biggest win for the Titans, maybe in the last three years, was in Kansas City last the opening, year. The opening no, game? No, no, or... no, no. Week 15 last year, oh, oh, the yeah, Titans yeah. went right. into Kansas City and beat them 19-17. to 17. Right. Remember, they Ken Wiz Hunt kicked two field goals. We were like, we are only saying that's good coaching because it went in. Right. He kicked like a 50 yarder to win the game. I don't remember specifically, oh, but yeah. that was a huge upset for right. the Titans. I, they know that they can win there. Yeah, sure. Which will be interesting. Uh, you texted me during the game oh. uh, the Eagles emotional investment index for me. You just texted me 7%. Because I had said <laughs> it was down to 10, then you texted me 7. I said it's more like 6. <laughs> I think that the Eagles have a chance. If the weather stays this cold, and here's why. Nick Foles has not been the only quarterback that has sucked for the in the in the Eagles games lately. Derek Carr was not good. Right. Dak Prescott was not good. Right. Receivers are dropping the ball all over the place. I think the only way the Eagles have a chance is if all of the quarterbacks come down to Nick Foles' level, which this weather will do. Right. It's supposed and, to be 40 by the end of the week in the Northeast That's again. not Well, they don't play this week, so hopefully <laughs> it starts getting cold again. But that's really the only chance I think the Eagles have is that all of the teams are reduced to like Iron, like uh, frozen fog ball, whatever it is, standards, and they can win that they way. they got to change the way they're approaching the football game. Okay? Fuck. You lost the best player in football. It's the unreal. best player, okay? So he was making magic happen. And for an offense that, you know, I, again, and I know I did this at the time, because when they got good, everyone goes, well, these weapons around Carson Wentz. And I want to go, what what weapons are you guys talking about? The cast-off Torrey Smith or the guy Alshon Jeffrey who nobody wanted to pay in free agency or Jay Ajayi who has a ticking time bomb for a leg? Is that what we're talking about? Unnecessary. So, yeah, okay. Didn't have to put all that shit in there. All right, sorry. It was, like, really personal. But they got to change. They got to go, like, I've said this before, 1990 New York Giants style. Get in the eye formation, put your quarterback underneath the center, and beat people up running downhill. LeGarrett Blunt and Jay Ajayi are not meant to start the run game off going sideline to sideline. It's not the kind of runners they no. are. They're misusing them. It's like this is like DeMarco Murray, Chip Kelly stuff all over again. Now it's not quite that bad, but to me, that's the way. Ground and pound, few play action passes, control the clock, rely on your defense. Your defense is still good and can still carry you. Chandler Frankenfield says, Does Bleach Report allow this language? Twenty eighteen is wild. Dude, we've been doing this since 2015. You should have heard heard episode two. If you think this is crazy. Welcome. Um, Welcome and shut your freaking mouth. um, I said freaking. So, yeah, so the Eagles, I'm not that confident. I think if I was going to re-rank the NFC, I know we're going to do your power rankings in a second. Minnesota has been my number one team in the NFC now for, I don't know, since Carson Wentz got hurt. So what is that, four weeks? I think Minnesota has looked so good. And to all the gamblers out there, and I know who you are, and you're sitting there and everyone's going, oh, Minnesota is up 13 points with two minutes left. Chicago had the ball 
first and goal on like the three. And I'm sitting there, a gambler, and the Vikings had a goal line stand. And I said, but see, yeah. but see, Minnesota has been the most reliable team in what gambling What does that mean? You know, people have to like get out of that. Like, I mean, there's so why doesn't so case we're going to hold Minnesota and Case Keenum responsible for that, but nobody's concerned about Drew Brees blowing an easy game to the Bucks, huh? Because that he doesn't matter. You, I wasn't shit on Case Keenum. I was praising him. No, but you're saying there they are, only up thirteen in the fourth quarter. Well, no, because the spread was twelve and a half. Oh, okay, you're worried about. Yeah, the I'm only. Yeah, come on, man. This is gambling. I'm talking about money here. No, you know me. I think that Case Keenum can go and win a Super Bowl. <clears throat> yeah, Drew Brees. I've been saying it now for three weeks. There's something wrong with the Saints. I don't know what it is. And it might be the injuries to Alex Okafor and their offensive line, all yep. that stuff, but I'm a little scared. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, let us take a look at the guys that we said would set the bar last week. Spoiler alert, Sims picked a lot better than I did. <laughs> I thought Kirk Cousins was going to have his show-me-the-fucking-money game, and instead, no, that's not a 158 perfect quarterback rating. That's just his passing yards uh, and then three interceptions. While as you picked Jimmy Garoppolo, two ninety two, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Did you watch a lot of that game? No, not no, I didn't watch almost any. none. But I that was a guaranteed a lock. It was the reason I bet the most money on on our pick show. I mean, to me, that was the only game I knew what I was going to get out of both teams. It was the only one I knew that San Francisco was going to go. Man, we got this shiny new object, and we want to end our season off well because it stunk to start the year. And I knew the Rams were going. Okay, we'll see you wild card weekend. We're not worried about this one. So that was. What did I bet on that? Fourteen fifty. A lot. Yeah. Prior to this season, no NFL team to start zero and nine had ever finished better than three and thirteen that same season. Wow. The zero and nine Niners just finished six and ten. Wow. That's awesome. No one had ever gotten three. They got six. They were zero and nine, or what? One and ten at one point. Zero and nine. Just a real quick, like with my PFT show that I'm on. Yeah. Stats. Stats had a dress like Ben McAdoo. Because he said they'd get how many? They wouldn't go six and ten. And he go, so he dressed up like Ben McAdoo. He dressed up like Ben McAdoo during Halloween because he said it's a foregone conclusion. We're not going to finish. So what six the hell happens now? Nothing. He already did it. He already paid his debt. I think he should have to do it again. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Drew Brees, Drew Brees set the record for single season completion uh, record. Remember percentage? Yeah. Sam Bradford had done it with seventy one point five six. Right. Brees seventy two point oh one this year. Wow. So pretty damn fucking pretty good. Pretty pretty damn good. I, I mean, mean, yeah. And then and their running game, of course, makes that helpful as well. I also want to give a shout out to three defensive players that took every single snaps for their respective teams this season: Browns linebackers Joe Schobert and Christian Kirksey, and wow. Jets. Linebacker Demario Davis played every single snap this year. Demario Davis was great the whole year. When we went to the Bills game, I left going. I know that I like to talk about Leonard Williams and Muhammad Wilkerson and the safeties, but Demario Davis was everywhere. He had a great year. He, he really, really did. did. Yeah, he's a old school linebacker thumper who runs well enough to stay on the field third down. Also, want to give a shout out Average. to Drew Stanton. Yeah. Uh, has been playing with no ACL for years. Apparently, he had just a thread, and now he has none. No surgery is planned. Once he got over a bone bruise, he just played on. He knows how to manage not having an ACL. Yeah. He's a hey, he's a he's a tough sucker. I, I know him a little bit just from uh his pre NFL days. He trained up at the place I did you know used to in Jersey with Greg Olson. And yeah, he's a real football player. I I got a lot of respect for him from that standpoint. Mm. I mean he was at Michigan State too. He's he's fearless. There are a lot of players that try to raise the bar. There are only a few that can truly set the bar. And we look back at week seventeen and Sims which player in your mind set the bar for Well, I'm going to go with the guy that set the bar that's cool under pressure, not like hot and sweaty like this guy to my left here who is, uh, he's flustered by the moment, but it's Matty Ice. Yes, Matt Ryan. I mean, a do-or-die elimination game at home against Cam Newton, the Carolina Panthers, who had something to play for, 317 yards, one touchdown, made a number of plays. Matty Ice doesn't also get enough credit for his ability to kind of extend plays, run a little bit from time to time, gets looked at as a pocket passer, but does some damage with his legs. No running attack uh, on Sunday either against that Carolina Panthers front seven. He was the bar for me on Sunday, getting the Atlanta Falcons in the playoffs, and they're dangerous. I mean, I will not be shocked if they somehow found their way back in the Super Bowl. Man, uh... When I was watching all these 4 o'clock games, I had one screen on a game that really had no playoff importance. Right. And I want to share with you, even though the numbers aren't that great, 
Patrick Mahomes is setting the bar. 284 yards, 22 of 35, no touchdowns, one interception. Those are really good numbers. I don't know why. Really good numbers. Yes. But I want everyone to go back and watch. His drive to end the game, escaping pressure, rolling right, throwing That was the last drive? Last drive. I saw the throw. Leads down the field for a game-winning field goal. If you're a Chiefs fan, there was no perfect way to end the season. He didn't play four touchdowns to where you're going with a quarterback controversy to the playoffs, but they know they have the quarterback of the future. And to go in against the Denver Broncos defense that I know has been a little bit beleaguered as of late, but still has talent all over the field, with your top receiving option being Albert Wilson and your top running back being a fullback for 90% of the game, Patrick Mahomes went out there and showed everybody the new bar in Kansas City. I'm excited for you to watch the film. I am too. It was, I just saw a few of the throws. But it, look, I, he's he's man, a natural. He's going to be awesome. He's an absolute natural at the position. That's why I loved watching him in the draft. And he's got, yeah. I mean, you know what I think. He's got Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre type talent. That's how special the kid is. Uh, speaking of talent that I know that you've mentioned, uh, Brett Favre and um, who's the other guy you just said? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> you used to talk about that with Derek Carr, and someone just said in the comments section, yeah. "I'm not gonna. Oh, I don't forget that Sim said that Derek Carr was better than Drew Brees." Right. What, what happened? Okay. Well, it's, first season all, in review, Derek Carr. Yeah, yeah. Derek Carr had a horrible year, and last year Derek Carr was better than Drew Brees. I mean, guys get better and worse than year to year. I mean, like Von Miller, Khalil Mack was the best pass rusher in football last year. This year he was not. For some reason, in quarterbacks, you can't do that. Have you ever noticed that? Once it's like, you make you're a three ruling. forever, and that's it. I don't. It's ten years later. You said he was number three. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, I, you know this more than most. I have conversations with us all the time. Like, hey, you said he was the third best quarterback two years ago. Oh, that this is now, and this is not two years ago. Um, but that's what we always get upset about with Pro Bowl voting. Drives me is crazy. People get rewarded for two years right. ago. But Derek Carr, yeah, had a bad year. I am concerned about Derek Carr, and that's where I think John Gruden needs to go there. That's why they need him there more than anything. They need you to get were him saying out. he was throwing off his back foot a lot. He doesn't step to his throws. I wish I could stand up for everybody and you, show you, you right now. Can I can? Yes. Okay. All right. So how are we going to do this? Just stand up, and I'll. Just talk loud. But watch how many times. Okay. So, Should I go to this corner over here? You can see me better? You think you can get over People me? listening on audio, Sims is standing up, and he's standing next to me. All right, so go ahead. So Derek Carr, if this is the target as a quarterback, I'm lefty, so it's going to be opposite for all yous out there. But if I'm going to throw to you, the camera, you should be stepping right here to throw the ball, right? That's straight where forward. It, straight forward. Right, right, right at your target. Derek Carr, anybody out there, go watch what he does when you watch film. Go watch Game Pass on NFL.com, whatever it may be. When he wants to throw the ball there, he'll step like this and throw like, it like that. And then like you wonder, completely perpendicular to the right. Yes, exactly right. So if, 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 you're, if you're on a clock and the target's 12 o'clock, He's he steps to 9 o'clock most times to throw to 12. And how many lollipops did he throw in your Eagles game or interceptions? Just how, straight up. How about in the, the air. lollipop he threw against Kansas City down the middle with the wide open guy that's gone for a touchdown? He throws it like twenty now, yards behind him. How much can you put on a new OC? How much can you put on his injury? I think all of it is it, all of it. I put okay. it all together. I mean, the OC okay, okay, is certainly going to lead to his struggles. He hurts his back, right? So that's part of it too. Yeah. The OC also probably, I mean, apparently didn't care about some of his techniques or some of the things that that were flawed within him this year. So uh, I think that, and then of course to the struggles and all that. I just think it all Who's culminated. Uh, is it Connor Cook? Oh uh, no, it's EJ Manuel. Sorry. Man. And then it's Connor Cook. I don't know. For me, like having the Matt Schaubs of the world are good for that shit. It was I, – I, I, I am legitimately somewhat concerned about him. I mean, I thought it was that bad towards the end of the year. Wow. I mean, you know, I knew he threw the bomb to Mari Cooper the other day. I was yeah, watching yeah. live. That was great. But, man, there was a number of throws in that game, too, where I just said, ooh, that's underwhelming. I don't care even if they're complete. It's just the look of the throw. You know how yes. I am. And it, it didn't look right. All right. We are about to get into the coaching firings, and we're going to go deep into Gruden because I really care about your opinion about Gruden more than most people because you know him. And if you haven't seen the clip, check out the Sims and Lefko Instagram of Gruden teaching. Is that a rookie, Chris Sims? It's a rookie, Chris Sims, and he's, they set me up. Him and Brad Johnson. This is what I was going to tell you. So I'm messing the play up. All right, yes. so check out the video on Sims and Lefko Instagram of you trying to say which play. I think it was green right, shift the viper right, 382 Y stick X looky. I tried to say it at home and I went, fuck that. I'm not doing that. Yeah. Or you That's could, the reason I couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. 
that and that alone. Uh, yeah, weak right tight. Uh, uh, what, what was the other one? We could go Viper right, shift to weak right tight, Y right, H3, X bingo, Y smash on one. Can you say that one? No. Okay. Uh, so but, how do so, they set you up? So I'm a rookie. It's my first few days in training camp. So I had a list of plays I had to be responsible for. I didn't get the same plays that Brad Johnson got, right, who's in year 14 yeah. and been in the offense. So Gruden, the night before, would always go like, you know, here's your 15 plays you're going to get tomorrow. Be all over them. Make sure you can say them in the huddle, whatever it was is. Was that play 16? That was not on my list, right. <laughs> so he brought me in there, and we're mic'd up for the day from NFL Films. He always mic'd us up every training camp. Gruden would put the mics on all the quarterbacks. Oh, smart. He wanted to hear us in the huddle, yeah, how smart. we com- conversate with people. So get that. It was. It was a great learning experience. Um, but yeah, he set me up, and he, he's with Brad Johnson, who we call Bull, behind the scenes, like going, like, watch this, watch this. And what a uh, yeah, they they screwed me over, but it's all right. I like the fact that he definitely did it because NFL Films was there. And I'll say this: what he did in the Super Bowl with the boom, yeah. It, I I've always thought it helped his career, yeah, because it's images that we'll see over and over and over again. Well, are we talking about this now? No. Okay. So, well, we're getting into a second. Okay. First, though, we have twelve teams in the playoffs. I want to see how you rank them from one to twelve. Okay. Let's take a look at your power rankings because I I think the playoff teams deserve more than the other teams. Your number one team in the playoffs is the Patriots. Your number two is the Steelers over the Vikings. Does that mean the Vikings have dropped? No, but the Steelers have been my number two for the last two weeks. Vikings are three. You have the Rams at four, the Saints at five, and the Panthers at six. How about that? How about that? So it's AFC, AFC, NFC, 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 NFC. Let's go now to seven. I have not looked at these. I'm seeing these all for the first time right now. Number seven is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number eight is the Eagles. Nine is the Chiefs. 10 is the Chargers, who are not even in the playoffs. 11 is the Titans. 12 are the Cowboys, not even in the playoffs. So who am I missing there? Buffalo? Yeah. And am I missing another one? I think that's it. Just Buffalo, right? Well, no, because the Chargers and Cowboys both aren't in the playoffs. Oh, who else am I missing here? Um, hmm. The Bill- oh, the Oh, the Falcons are 10. Oh, they messed it up. Oh, so then what is it? The Falcons are 10. The Chargers are 11. Uh, and the Titans are twelve. Okay, so you have the you have Chiefs at nine, Falcons at ten, Chargers at eleven, right. Titans at twelve, right. Bills where? Bills at 15, uh, fourteen. Behind the Cowboys. Cowboys, yes. I have the Titans twelve, like you said. Cowboys thirteen, Bills fourteen. Yes. Man. Yeah. I mean, it was a tight one between them and the Ravens. You still too. have the Eagles that high? Yeah. I you know I was close to maybe putting the Chiefs above them. I'm giving them the respect for right now. I don't know why. But then when I just looked at it again, I was like, yeah, I probably should have bumped the Eagles down another spot or two. All right, so you have the Titans and Bills as the bottom two teams in the playoffs yeah, right now. Right. And you have the Patriots and the Steelers as the top two. You were surprised with my Panthers at six? Yes. Who did, who did you want me to put the Jaguars ahead of them? Yes. Really? Have you watched them the last two weeks? No. Okay. Well, no, I have. I just, you know what? Then I, th- I think that there's five teams that are capable of winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. I think now that I'm looking at it, I want to put the Jaguars in there. I had them at three a few weeks ago. But right. uh, as you pointed out, Blake Bortles was facing bad defenses during that stretch when he was doing really well. Um, I like the new look Chiefs. I kind of like this flow the right Chiefs, now. Yeah, the Chiefs, yes. But their defense still That's really scares, scares me. me. That's why I gave you guys the benefit of the doubt there. And I, I do kind of like the Falcons right now. They're yeah. starting to really click. But uh, I look at the Saints, the Rams, the Vikings, the Steelers, and the Patriots as the five teams that are the Super Bowl-level teams in my mind. I know. I, I can't do the Falcons yet. Like, there's signs that I like, but yet I'm trying not to be a prisoner of the moment. Like, right. where, you know, again, two weeks ago, they, in typical Falcons fashion, found a way to lose the game in New Orleans and lost 23-13. to So, again, like the Falcons are ultra-talented, but they have a reoccurring theme of not putting together full games, whether it was the blown losses to the right. Bills or the Dolphins, uh, you know, or the Saints just a few weeks ago. Whatever it may be, there's a number of games all year to where that concerns me, and that's why they fall down a few more spots. Uh, Elon Falk uh, Falls graph yeah. says Sims. Where would you put the Niners in your power rankings if they were in the playoffs? Uh, I would. Oof, I would still put them. Where I do would, you have them right now? I would put them last. Still, I'm not gonna. You go would put crazy. the Bills over the Niners. I would. Yes, but 21 is where I had really? them last. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't... I mean, no. Their defense is not good. Okay. Yeah, that would can still concern me. God, they're the most hyped team ever right Yeah, now. I mean, they're dangerous. I, I certainly believe that. I mean, as long as... With Kyle, with a quarterback, is dangerous for anybody out there. But, no, I'm not going to put them above some of the teams that have played full seasons of complete football, just rank the 49ers above them because they've gotten hot in the last three weeks with no pressure on them and just go out there and have fun and let right. Jimmy G throw it around. You're right. Uh, all right, so let us take a look of the eight teams that are playing on Wild Card Weekend. Titans, Chiefs, Falcons, Rams, Bills, Jaguars, Panthers, and Saints. I want to ask you, who is the team playing on Wild Card Weekend that you genuinely believe has the best chance at making a run to the Super Bowl of those eight teams? Of those eight teams, to me, it's the Los Angeles Rams. It's a tight one. It's Between who? It, it, to me, it's really between... I think all three NFC teams, when I look at it, I think I would go Rams, Saints, Falcons as the three wild card teams. If I had to rank the three most likely that could get to the Super Bowl, right? Those would be the three most likely at a wild card weekend. I have the most confidence in the Rams. What, what about them makes you the most? The uh, Both coordinators, McVay and Wade Phillips, right? Okay. So they always have really creative game plans uh, that I watch film, of, whether it's Wade Phillips on defense. I go, oh, wow, that's a nice little wrinkle they're doing this week, whatever it may be. Then the offense, the weapons they have. Of course, so Gurley, if you're watching right now, you see him. Uh, Gurley, Watkins, Woods, Cook. Cooper Cup or yeah, yeah Cooper Cup, it. you know the tight end play, and then McVeigh's ability to dial up and find ways to get explosive plays on a week to week basis, and then the last thing that puts them over the edge for me is they have game changers. They have game changers in the fact that Todd Gurley. Yes, he can catch a screen and go for 40, but what he does is go for 80 and scores a touchdown to where, oh, now we don't have to settle for a field goal. See, there's no quantifying that stat. And then these two MFers right here, I mean that in the most disrespectful way, sorry. Robert Quinn and Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, they, they can, can, they can, cha- they can change can an outcome of a game. Fumble, right, Donald, sack, fumble, yeah. whatever it means. Robert Quinn's been everywhere lately, so watch out for him in the play- playoffs. And Aaron Donald is, you know, he's definitely in the conversation for the best defensive player in the league. So the Rams, you legitimately think, have a chance. I do. I think the Rams have a legit chance, yes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, them, they win this game, right? I mean, they're going to end up going to Minnesota. I will not be shocked if they went to Minnesota and won that game. I, I don't know if I'd pick them, but right. I will not be shocked. I think when I look at the four NFC wildcard teams, I look at the Panthers, and I think their defensive scheme is a liability. Yeah. I've just seen it get carved up by good passing offenses all year, right. and I don't see a wide receiver threat. What are they going to do? That's really that great. Like right? Devin Funches and Greg Olson are good, but they've lost all their speed guys. Yeah. I look at the Saints, and I worry about only having Cam Jordan as a pass rusher in the yep. playoffs. Um, and I've seen sort of their their cornerbacks getting taken advantage of because, you, as you say, the Saints' defense is a good it's attacking aggressive. scheme and right. they can be taken advantage of. Right. The Falcons, I worry about their second-half offense. Yeah. They're always good in the first half. I right. worry about the second half. Right. I never worry about McVay, and I never worry about those two dudes on the D-line for the Rams yeah. getting after the quarterback. Right. So who would you go with? Who was your, Would that be your team, too, if you had to pick like a... No, I would actually. I'm going to go with the Saints because of this reason. Yeah. I think the Saints beat the Panthers and then get to play the Eagles. And I think that matters because I think the Rams going to Minnesota. Um, I don't want to face the Ram- I don't want to face the Vikings after the bye. I right. want to face the face the Vikings. Now, granted, that game would be in Minnesota as well for the Saints, but, but it's I, in a dome. It's in a dome, and the Saints already played the Vikings, yes. so they have that film. I think that's the one that that makes the most sense. I get you there. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, I, I think there's a, a lot of merit to that. I well, what year did they come up and play you guys? Was that 2014 the when the Saints? Saints in the divisional game? I think that was 2013. No, they came up and played you guys in Philadelphia and breezed through, I remember, like two interceptions, and they tried to run the football. What year was that? Is that the year that we lost to the Arizona Cardinals in the NFC Championship game? Um, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. No, no, hold on. I gotta, this is driving me crazy. All right. But my, my point was this, is that, you know, that would be good for your Eagles. 
I do think with your D line, you can slow down that run game. Oh, the Saints. And if you oh, got Drew Brees in that and cold if you ass got weather, that weather right, then and their their passing attack has not been hitting like like crazy. I, I'm just gonna say this. Yeah, we are playing Danelle Ellerby at linebacker. Right. And when I think about the Saints, I go, who are you gonna match up? And unless they put a McLeod on Kamara, Kamara, I guess that's what I heard the announcer saying this weekend, or a Malcolm Jenkins, I just I think he's gonna tear him up. I also think, and we're going to get to coaches in a second, I think it's very rich that Jim Schwartz is the no- number one coaching candidate when he has Fletcher Cox on his team. Matt Canvasser, you said it was 2014? Oh, 20... Okay, I got you. Okay, so I'm a little off. But I just wanted to read the stat line for you real quick. You know, That's he I didn't was play to... great. No, he definitely did not. Um, where the heck is it, though? There it is. Sorry. No, you got it? I got it. Okay, good. 250, one touchdown, two interceptions, yeah. right? And I remember this game because I remember going, oh, my gosh, he threw two early interceptions, and they won an ugly football game. But the big thing is is I remember thinking, man, Sean Payton has no trust in Drew Brees out here. He literally took the ball out of his hand and said, no, nah, we're going to run. We, Drew, you're a little shaky. Who was playing for the, Who was the quarterback of the that Eagles? That was your Nick Foles. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That was the year that he Chip went 20, 27 right. touchdowns, right. two yeah. interceptions. Sorry, all right. Just wanted to say I that. I like that you said sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. We don't have a, the Eagles don't have a good history with the Saints. They lost in 2010, I think it was, in New Orleans, uh, and that was another huge game that we blew. I think that was Jeff Garcia. That was, it was. That was right. when we had Jeff Garcia. Right. It was Black Monday on New Year's Day, which is the day, oh, you're sweating now. It's hot. I'm not sweating. I'm just getting warm. Is the day when a lot of coaches get fired. Now, there were rumors that as many as 14 coaches could be replaced, but as of right now, I am only seeing six. Right. So a lot of guys got retained. These were the big names that were let go. Chuck Bug. Excuse me, Chuck Pagano after six years in the Colts. Bruce Arians uh, re- resigned with the Arizona Cardinals. Jim Caldwell was fired. John Fox fired for the Bears. Jack Del Rio fired for the Raiders. So it was actually um, four head coaches fired. Uh, Dom Capers, the D.C., fired for the Green Bay Packers. Derek Dooley, the wide receiver coach for the Cowboys, he was fired. He was officially fired? He was yep. officially fired. The guys are re- retired. Why did you say four head coaches? It was five. It was oh. four. It was five head coaches. Yeah. No, four. Bruce Arians retired. Oh, okay. So gotcha. it was Del Rio, gotcha. Fox, Caldwell, and Pagano fired. Uh, ben yeah. McAdoo was the coach that wasn't on there, and he was fired. Of those, the four main guys, any of those surprising you? What did you take away from that list? Uh, I mean, Caldwell and Del Rio, I think, were the ones that were most shocking to me. I mean, not that they were shocking. I mean, the fact that Del Rio got done, I mean, the game was over and they told him we're not going to retain you. Del Rio finishes 25-23 and 23 with the Raiders. Right. Caldwell was 35-28 and 28 with the Lions. Yeah, he gets a little bit of a raw deal. Fucking A, you did. I know. Del Rio, I, I thought maybe there was an outside chance that he gets kept just because of the way they played last year. I know you and I got a chance to see how the culture was changed out there in Oakland when we went out to training camp a few years ago with Del Rio. I mean, last year they could have legitimately been, been in the Super Bowl if Derek Carr doesn't get hurt. I thought that might have bought, bought him a, yeah. another year. But, um, you know, again, when you're a defensive coach and your defense never gets good... Mm. I think that's where owners, you know, they think they know everything, but that's one area they're going to go, well, wait, didn't I hire him to coach the defense? And we haven't been good in defense for four years. So, yeah, that is a red alert to the owner to go, damn, the reason I hired him is not even getting better. You knew, though, with Jim Caldwell because of Bob Quinn. You knew he was going to want his own guy. Right. Even though they went out there and they shellacked Green Bay in Week 17. And, uh, I mean... You know, I, I thought they were playing well. Now, Stafford still wants Jim Bob Cooter to stay, and right. I don't know if Stafford knows exactly what he's getting into. Well, I think Cooter's yeah. okay. Right. Cooter's a little overrated. I would agree with that. I mean, people talk about him like I, I even heard him early on as a head coaching candidate. I wanted to be like, pump the brakes. I haven't seen him get a 100-yard rusher yet as an offensive coordinator. Chuck Pagano was 53-43. and 43. Yeah. Has not made the playoffs for three straight years, right. which the Colts used to own that division. Right. But a lot was put on Grigson, and I thought the Colts, I thought they fought they did. at the end of the year. They did. It just, and they didn't have a lot of talent. But no, no Andrew like they Luck. they just needed to clean out everything. It, it certainly does. Yeah, Chuck Pagano, he got a raw deal, too. I mean, his, his team was not good. Uh, yeah, they go to the playoffs early on in his career, the first three years, but Grigson and company did not build a strong roster, so he was undermanned from that standpoint. And then, of course, this year, no Andrew Luck. Um, you know, and, and I also, yeah, Jim Caldwell, 
I, I do feel bad for, but at the same time, hey, sometimes you know, owners, GMs, they just feel like, hey, we need to get a new guy in here to spice things up, change the culture again, uh, put a, you know, a little poker into everybody's ass to get them going. Look, the Lions are very comical to me. They had Jim Schwartz, which was poker in the ass. Yeah. We're going to fight a hardball with the handshake, right. and we're going to yell, and we're going to get so many penalties in our games that it's going to become an issue. Right. Then we're going to bring it back to Jim Caldwell, which never wants to talk about anything, and people call him bland and he sticks to the books. Now they got to find that middle ground. I think Caldwell set them up for a good foundation. Mm-hmm. I still think they need some more size on the D line and they need some new linebackers and they've been trying to figure out that for the last few years. But the O-line, they've invested free agents and draft picks. They have their quarterback. They have a really good wide receiver. They need to get a freaking running back. But the Lions, I think, are in a good foundation. Do they get a Patricia? We'll get to that in a second. Let's take a look at the four head coaches that stayed. These were the guys that were rumored to be going but stayed. Jay Gruden, look at the injuries for Washington. I think he should have stayed. I think he's got his finger on the pulse of what makes that team work. Dirk Cutter was somewhat of a surprise. Uh, They were supposed to be in the John Gruden sweepstakes, and now he's staying. Vance Joseph in his first year, 5-11. and There were rumors they're going to stay with him. However, they fired their special teams, their running back, their O-line, and wide receivers coach in Denver. And Hugh Jackson, who is now 1-31 and as head coach of the Cleveland Brown, stays. What are your takeaways from these we, four we, guys? We could have put Bill O'Brien on that list, too, sure, right? Sure. Um, but yeah, either way, the first two guys up there, uh, Jay, Which would Gr- be- Jay Gruden, first of all, let's just hit on him. Yes. Jay Gruden should be there. I mean, I like the, re- the direction the Redskins are going. I mean, certainly. They were not outcoached at any point this year, at least in my estimation, when I would watch film. We've talked about the defensive coordinator, Minuski. Their issues in Washington are just completing their roster. Yes, and you said it. They got ravaged by injuries. I don't think they had any – nobody was had more players on IR than the Redskins, other than fight. maybe the Giants, right? Nobody started more combinations in the offensive line than the Washington Redskins this year. So for all those issues, yeah, I do give them a pass. And, uh, I, I again, I, I believe in what they're doing there. Dirk Cutter, I get it. Like, if John Gruden's there and they wanted to do that, I understand that. But I'll say this much about Dirk Cutter. Again, he's another coach where I'd go, what, what kind of talent on the team are we talking about? Because it's there's offensive line average, running backs average, defense averages can be, I mean, below, way below average. And uh, a defensive coordinator that you know I don't think a whole lot of schematically. So from that, I just look at it and go, okay, so can they buy some players this offseason and give him some talent to work with? Because all we made a big deal about last year was Deshaun Jackson. Oh, they got Deshaun Jackson. They should be good. Well, they had good players if you're making a fantasy team. James, right. Mike Evans, right. Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard. Who cares about the O-line? Doug Martin, he was good that one time. Yeah. Oh, Gerald McCoy on the D-line. They're two inside linebackers and Vernon Hargraves. So they have a guy where you go, oh, that's a guy, oh, that's a guy, oh, that's a guy, but they, yeah. they did definitely didn't have depth. No, They no didn't depth. have what you care about, which is like your second line of the D-line or no, anything like that. No, no quality depth. And then my biggest thing with them is I like Dirk Cutter's offense. You said last week right. that you like Dirk Cutter's offense better than John Gruden. Yeah. Why? Break that down. Yeah, okay. So, I, I mean, I like John Gruden's offense. but What I, is it? Like what? It's West Coast, right? West Coast with his ability to draw up a few plays on a weekly basis to just screw over the opposing Counters, defense. Right. Change some routes. Right. Very much, you know. Like a lot a, of going across the middle, slants. Yes, That's crossing, true. meshing, West picking. Coast. Right, it's all of that. Yes, I mean, the West Coast offense, let's not forget, was invented because a quarterback hurt his throwing arm, and they said, man, we got to invent ways to throw the ball short. And that's where it was invented with the 49ers back in the 60s. But regardless, Cutter, he is a down-the-field, old-school type of offensive coordinator. And I just you think mean that, the Browns in the 60s? I just think, no, it was, uh, I believe, the 49ers. Yeah. In the 60s? Yeah. I thought it was Bill Walsh. Yeah, no, no, it was before Bill Walsh. It was, I'll get into the Was it Paul Brown? 
Uh, no, it was something else to do with the guy out in San Francisco. Okay. Paul Brown was one of the architects of the West Coast offense, yeah. certainly. But no, that's not okay. where it came from. Um, but regardless, uh, where was I going there? Oh, Dirk Cutter. I mean, his offense for uh, vertical passing game with the talent they have there and Evans and O.J. Howard and Godwin going forward, I don't think Deshaun Jackson will be there again next year. I like Godwin. Uh, I-, I think it really fits what they want to do. And John Gruden, as much as he's really like inventive offensively, I think people do forget that his years in Tampa Bay was never an offense better than 18. And mm-hmm. and I'm not saying we had the greatest talent down there either, so I'm not trying to blame John Gruden because we didn't. We were kind of like old veterans patchwork every year because Gruden just goes, oh, well, I can coach the offense and we'll figure out. Let's spend money on the defense. That's the greatness of having a John Gruden as your head coach because he can do it with less than average players at times, right? Uh, but I do think it fits what they want to do there in Tampa, the skill set better, and just the... I think this is the new the new age in the NFL. I do. I think the time of look at what we've seen. The time of you know Peyton Manning throwing twelve bubble screens to start the game, and we, us going, "Whoa, he's on fire! He's ten for twelve for hundred and thirty yards." But he didn't throw a ball past the line of scrimmage. That crap doesn't go on anymore. It's almost going the other way now. You're seeing Brady and all these offenses, Big Ben and Garoppolo and McVay. They're going, when we're going to drop back and throw it, we're going to throw a screen to like a running back or we're going to throw a 30-yard in cut or a 30-yard seam right down the middle. But I do like Cutter's offense. Sorry I went off there. No, no, that was fucking perfect. If you do not have the Bleach Report app, you are missing out. We are going to be focusing a lot more on it uh, on the podcast and linking up with the programmers to get our stuff to make the app a cool experience. But here are the news and notes that I got from the BR app during the show just now. Mike McCarthy just got a one-year contract extension, Ooh. so they're keeping him in Green Bay as Ted Thompson's role has Hire changed. Hire a new offensive coordinator. John Gruden has uh, come out and said that he is interested in the Raiders job. Uh, the Broncos, John Elway has come out and said that he admits he did not put Vance Joseph in the best position to win, and he is expanding the role of Gary Kubiak to be looking over the free agency and the draft. It's a weird relationship that Elway and Kubiak has. I don't know why what he sees in him, but I apparently they love each other. Doug, Peter, am I wrong there? Well, they go way back. I mean, it was his backup quarterback in Denver for all those years. It was Gary Kubiak. So hey, Kubiak, I mean, it, there's, there's some value in that. Okay. He can evaluate players. Doug Peterson comes out and says Nick Foles is my guy. Uh, for the playoffs, people asked. Nick Foles has played like shit. Someone had to ask him that question. They really thought that they were going to... No, but you just got to get it on Let's go record. with Sudfeld. And then uh, earlier today, Pete Carroll came out and says that he would not be surprised if Cliff Averill and Cam Chancellor have trouble playing again right. the rest of their careers with their neck injuries. Yeah, well, that's what we talked about. It is. And then you have uh, Michael like, Bennett coming out and saying he doesn't know if he's sticking around. And Earl Thomas last week going to... And Richard Sherman, Achilles injury. Yeah, no, Seattle Jimmy Seahawks. Graham's a free agent. That's all going to change. They're going to flip their roster. They got to go back to 2011 and get young again, and then go back to the same formula how they built their team to begin with. It just really sucks that Russell Wilson is going to have to play with shit now for two years. Well, yeah, but I mean, we've seen you can t- change your team around really in one good off season. Yeah, you can. I mean, you just we just talked about how there's eight new teams in the playoffs this year. Sorry. What was that? I was burping and hiccuping at the same time. Uh, All right, so we showed you the coaches that were fired, the places that now have openings, the Raiders, the Bears, the Lions, and the Colts, and the Giants. Those are the five, right? Right. Raiders, Bears, Lions, Colts, Giants. Of those five, who's your top one available? Like, where would you want to go if you were a coach? Uh, if I had a pick there, I'm going to go... Raiders, Bears, yeah. Lions, Colts, Giants. I want to go to the Lions. Because they have Matt Stafford. Yes. Where's number two? <sighs> you going to go Bears? I mean, Bear. Uh, that's the great thing about all these jobs. I'm not fucking with the Colts. The, the Andrew Luck thing's scary. I don't know what's going on with Andrew Luck. It's the biggest quarterback issue in flux. What you just said about Derek Carr scares me a little bit right there. And then the Giants... I probably uh, would go one. to the Bears, too. The Bears, too. The Giants thing is really enticing because the team is there, but you're really stuck with the worst starting player on your team is your quarterback, right? So but what do you, you might do? have a draft pick to take his, the next guy. Yes, you with might. Odell. But you also have a team that's somewhat kind of ready to win right now, right? So you go, man, do we want an Eli Manning yeah. who just can manage it but not going to make any plays? Or do we go with a young guy who might be able to make some plays but – 
you know, we might have to live with like one out of every 20 attempts a dumb interception or something. That's where they're going to have to figure this out. All right, so now I want to get to Sims's top five coaches that are available right now. And these are no specific order. These are just the five guys that Sims believes are ready for a head coaching job. Josh McDaniels, we've been talking about for damn near three years, number one. Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots. Jim Schwartz, defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles. Terrell Austin, defensive coordinator of the Detroit Lions. Pat Shermer, offensive coordinator of the Minnesota Vikings. Who do you want to talk about first? We've done so much on McDaniels. Do you think Patricia... Would he be number two if you were ranking these guys? I think it would be, yes. I, the Do New you England, think he's ready? The, yeah, definitely. The New England guys are one and two for me. Just I, I've been around them. You know my thoughts on New England. And, I mean, gosh, I mean, we just did our forward setting the bar. If there's a bar, it's in freaking New England. They aren't, they're the bar. They're the 10th bar. They're the first bar. They're the freaking bar. Jack Farr asked, will the Patriots start next season without McDaniels and Patricia? I think there's a good chance. I think both of them realize that the you know great Roman Empire is going to end here soon. Brady getting old, Belichick going to retire, I would think, in another three or four years. And they're going to make a move. And I think it, the, the, the time is now. Um, Damn, they're going to lose their quarterback of the future and both coordinators in the same season? They could. I mean, yeah, they could. I, I think the, the thing I look at, if you made me bet, I do think the Lions go Matt Patricia. I think he is hold on, ready. Hold on, hold yeah. on. So you would say Matt Patricia, though, is ready? I do. I think he's 100% A guy ready. that wears, like, full-length sweatsuits and wears, like, screw Roger Goodell shirts coming off the plane. I know that. You think people, he's ready? I do. Do I you mean, think he can lead an organization? I do, yes. He's buttoned up. He's extremely buttoned up. He can't be all the defensive. When he gets the head coaching job. (laughs) All the defensive guys that went somewhere and didn't succeed, and then we went, oh, wow, Belichick was actually the key there. You think he's done enough? I do. I think he's done it long enough. Perfect. He's a great game plan designer. And let's talk about what we always talk like. New England's defenses, it's not like they're the most talented units we've Especially ever seen. Especially this year, losing Hightower right. and Ninkovich right. and Jabal Sheard and yeah. Chris Long, and you just go through the list. Right. So, to me, again, there's another guy who, it, when you watch them on a week-to-week basis and take away the first two or three weeks when Stefan Gilmore blew a few coverages, they're always well-coached. Mm-hmm. They are amazing at situational football. And it's not, you know, Bill, of course, has instilled this in them, yes. but he trusts them to execute it the right way as well. Why do you think Jim Schwartz, Schwartz is ready for another chance? I, I think Jim Schwartz, again, I wanted to get in this a little bit with the Detroit situation. It's like, you know, they had the bad GM, then they got the coach, and they got the coach, and they didn't have the GM, and now right. they got the GM, and he goes, okay, well, I want my guy in here right. that has my philosophy. Um, Jim Schwartz, I think, again, was a part of a Lions team that wasn't ultra-talented, right? Uh, and really, I mean, Gosh, I mean, you think about those teams, offensively, defensively. Okay, it was Stafford and Calvin Johnson. Who else was on the team that scared you? I mean, there was, right, that was it. I mean, that was their team, right? It was those three people. Yeah. Uh, I just think he's a really good football coach that understands situational football once again. I've been around him in Tennessee. I know he understands the total aspect of it. He can command a room. To me, he just fits that mold. Terrell Austin. I get a lot of DMs on Instagram, as Sims and Lefko, that say, why is Sims so high on Terrell Austin? The Detroit defense is never that good. Yeah, I, I, I get it. I mean, but again, I would say, you know, who on their front seven is special? So people would say, you know, Haloti Nada when he's healthy, Ezekiel Ansa. In year 12, Haloti Nada is our special player, right? So uh, that's, he, uh, well, Ezekiel Ansa. Yeah, oh, all all seven sacks in two years. Wow. Oof. I mean, so, you know. I don't like when you come at me when I'm just relaying. No, what I know. Say. I'm not I'm not coming at you. I'm coming at just everybody. Uh, I, I just think Terrell Austin, first of all, the again, creative game planning on a week to week basis. They're very sound. They usually don't screw things up on their end. They create plays. They're one of the best turnover teams in football, right? That's because of Terrell Austin and his ability to go, hey, Glover Quinn, when Matt Ryan does this play-action fake away, jump that backside slant. Those yeah. are little things that coaching does. I think he's a guy that I've been, I met him a few times. He can command a room. He just fits the head coaching material. You can't 
you can't knock him down because he hasn't had like great talent on that side of the ball. If Terrell Austin had the Minnesota Vikings defensive mm. players, they would be a top five defensive football. I'd also say this: what he's gotten out of Darius Slay and Glover Quinn, and what they've turned in great. this year, yes. they've had really good moments. Those are their best players. Yes. Those are, you know, Jared Davis coming. Your last up. name there was Pat Shermer. Yeah. Who, when we look back at that Brown situation, go, oh no, you got a raw deal. Trent Richardson, Brandon Whedon selected in his first year. Yeah. I mean, he won more games than Hugh. You had to build that shit. Right. It's funny. I actually saw that Mike Penton spent the year with Seattle. Right. And there's a good chance that he might be a DC candidate. You got to get away from Cleveland. You got to show that you could do it somewhere else. Yeah. Pat Shermer did that. I know you were very impressed with him this season. Extremely impressed with him. And I think his offense has grown from the time of even when he was the Cleveland Browns head coach. I mean, to me, when I watched the Minnesota Vikings, uh, one of the best teams as far as balance is concerned but also keeping you off balance within that balance right to go like man I'm not sure what they're going to do I have no feel for them are they going to run this is it going to be a play action Uh, but creative pass plays scheme wise down the field always can find people to get open down the field I mean on a week to week basis that's what's impressed me more feeling open digs open like how the heck are they always getting open and then to play power football and come up with creative run design on a week to week basis that's why I'd put them in there too I'm going to put this out there candidly I am friends with the Shermers. Okay. I'm friends with his kids. Cool. They are fucking awesome. I want him to succeed. Yeah, that would and be I great. Thought, and he, you know what? The Eagles raved about him when he was there. Right. I mean, he really took did. over as the head coach. One, I, one and oh. Before I start matching up some of these coaches to teams, I want to say some other ones that I'm seeing out there right now. Yeah. A lot of Panthers de- defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes. Right. What do I, you think? I get that. It's along the same line as a Terrell Austin, right? Uh, I get that. But he's only been the D coordinator for one year. So that mm. that's to me, I pump the brakes a lot of times on people that have only done it for a year. I want to go, I'd like to see oh, you took over the defense for Sean McDermott that was already like top five in football with Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and all those good players, so... Texans defensive coordinator Mike Vrabel. I think he needs another year or two. He's head coach material all the way. I, yeah, I he's, get be, that. he's taking interviews all over the place. Right, right now. because he's he's going to be able to command a room. He understands it. He played. He was in New England. So all those aspects are enticing for him. Uh, Chief special teams Dave coordinator Taub. Dave Taub. Yeah, uh, Dave Taub. I mean, just throughout the years has been one of the best special teams coaches in football. I don't know him personally. People rave about him uh, not only as a coach, but again, as a person, Mm. as a communicator. And I do think special teams coaches get a little bit of a raw deal because of the reasons you've explained too. you got to get along with all the players. They understand the the situations once again. uh, And I do think that some of them should be taken more seriously. Two other guys before we talk about Gruden. Steelers O-line coach Mike Munchak is back in the news. Good. Former Titans coach. Yeah, I mean Jake Locker. Yeah, oh. you got to remember who these quarter who these coaches had when they they didn't work. No, I, I know. And uh, Jake Locker is not in the NFL. Who's, is anybody Munchak? Munchak? What are they saying? The Cardinals are interested in maybe. Uh, Munchak is interviewing with the Cardinals. That's the only one that I've seen thus far. Yeah, well, Munchak is um, one of the best O line coaches in the sport. Uh, and, and that's a big reason why you've seen Le'Veon Bell in this offense take off the last few years. It's because Mike Munchak, when he stopped at Tennessee, he went there. Cardinals are also interviewing Patriots linebacker coach Brian Flores. You know I think a lot of him. I don't know that you know that. Oh. I want to know who the fuck this guy is because Be- I've seen multiple people online go, oh, especially your boy uh, Mike... Mike Mullenbardi? Mullenbardi was like, oh, that's a good one. B-Flow B- is going to be a head That's what we call him, B-Flow. He is going to be a head coach in the NFL. Uh, he needs to be a defensive coordinator first, but he is a guy, no nonsense, um... He is the epitome of New England, but he's like uh, he's from Brooklyn, so he's tougher. Like he's mm. just like he's got an edge about him. Uh, but again, a guy that I think is total head coach material in the future. But I'd like to see him be a D coordinator for a year or two first. Uh, and then the only other name is Broncos running back coach Eric Studesville. Yeah. He's interviewing for the Giants head coaching job. Hmm. I, I mean, I, you have to know more. I, I, yeah. I, I know just from the time where he took over right there as the interim coach at one right. point. Uh, was that there? Was that in Denver? Um, but, I, you know, I don't know about him a lot. I'm not going to be able to say too much Is about him. Is there anyone else on that list up there that we have not talked about that you think we need to? Well, I, I think George Edwards, the defensive coordinator for the Vikings, uh, probably needs to be in the conversation. Todd Haley for the Steelers, again. 
That bad, bad, big they bad did go icy relationship. And, and then DiFilippo, a lot of people talk about the quarterbacks coach for the Eagles. Now, the Eagles can block anything with coordinators, and Frank Reich has talked about a lot for jobs, too. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'm not ready to do that yet either. And DiFilippo, I mean, he's really got a guy that's been a quarterback coach for the majority yeah. of his career. He did, what, one year as an offensive coordinator right. with the Browns? Yes. Uh, but I so, interrupted you about George Edwards. No, it's okay. They're just guys that I think need to be in that conversation as well. Okay. And then no one else on that list? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's worthy of that quite yet. All right. So I want to take a look at these jobs, uh, and then I'm going to end on Gruden because that's the one I want to talk about the most. So these jobs that are open right now, Giants, who go – so hold on. Where, yeah, where, where does Josh McDaniels go? Let's do it like that because right. he's your number one guy. Right. Lions, Giants, are those the top two? I, I'm still don't – I think if Tennessee loses by ten points this weekend, he could still get fired. I'm not. I'm not going to put that out of the realm. But of where where is Josh McDaniels going in your mind? Uh, I'm still going to say Detroit or Tennessee. I think it's going to be one of those two. Uh, I, I just don't think knowing Josh and Matt Patricia. Maybe Matt would do it a little bit more. I just think the fact that Josh has been was burned the first time, right, by kind of getting an inexperienced GM, and he was kind of GM slash head coach in Denver. Uh, the one thing I you've heard me say, you know, the New England guys are into the New England way, and I know a lot of people out there are going to be like, "Whoa, whatever is whatever that is." Well, they have a process as far as how they evaluate players, offseason draft, free agency. So you're saying McDaniel's to the Lions. I actually like Patricia to the Lions. I think that's because probably let more Stafford and, and his stuff do it on offense, and then he handles the. I defense. think that's more of the possibility. It just just in my time being in New England too, I think Bob had a better relationship with Matt Patricia. So you're going to put Patricia to the Lions? Yeah, I think so. Let me cross that. Oh, Patricia. Then where is McDaniel's going? Take a guess. You're going to say Titans? You're going to fire a guy and then hire a guy? You going to do it? I think I am. Wow, Titans. Mariota and McDaniels. Can he make that work? I think he can. Yes, I do. Take that kid to the next level? You know, the the ones that are interesting to me is like what Josh think about the Colts with Andrew Luck and, you know, uh, their new I'm GM there. Uh, I'm blanking on his name. Yeah, from the Kansas guy from City. Kansas City. Uh, Chris, Chris Ballard, Ballard, right. That would, make, that would make sense. I mean, I don't know what he thinks of Chris Ballard, but I think that would be another place that I would think about with Josh McDaniels. Where does Jim Schwartz end up? <sighs> I think Jim Schwartz is going to end up with the New York Giants. You think he's the Giants? I do. I don't know. Do you like that hire? I do like that hire. I do. I mean, a lot of people are even talking about, you know, the Steve Wilkes guy because Gettleman has history with him from Carolina. You know, I just, I don't see that. I wouldn't do that quite yet. I mean, the Giants just went with the coordinator. Let's make him a head coach. I think you need somebody that's kind of been there, done that. Ryan Pace got an extension for the Bears. Who do you think they hire in Chicago? Gosh. Now, Vic Fangio is going to interview as well. Yep. Uh the Bears are interviewing Filippo, Vic Fangio, Steve Wilkes, and Pat Shermer currently. Yeah, Shermer would be the guy that I would go with. Shermer. Shermer to the Bears. If I'm Shermer and then he could keep Vic Fangio, hopefully that would be that would be the ideal thing. And then he's got his franchise quarterback and you just need weapons. Do you think there's any chance this kind of makes sense? You just talked about Chris Ballard. Could he hire Taub? Because he was just in Kansas City? I, I think it's a... Who do you think goes to the Colts? I mean, or is, what's his relationship with the Matt Nagy? I mean, because I've seen his mm. name thrown out there. I know the Colts one is really Colts interesting. Colts are interviewing Vrabel, Chris Richards, Josh McDaniels, and Steve Wilkes. Currently, this is as Tuesday as of 208. I do think there's an outside chance. Like, if, te- if I don't say McDaniels goes to Tennessee, I do think the Colts one is going to be the next one on his list. Okay, but uh, who do you think the Colts end up with? Hmm. Because you've already put McDaniel's in Tennessee. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me just think about that. That's a good one there. Who do the Colts end up with? Who are the other people they're interviewing? He's interviewed currently at this point. Right. The Colts are interviewing Steve Wilkes, Josh McDaniel's, Mike Vrabel, Chris Richards. So if you look at it, two, three DCs and Josh McDaniel's. Yeah. So I'm kind of seeing a lot of defensive guys there. Damn. Well, I would put Josh there if we don't know Malarkey's going to get fired. But if I don't have him, then I'm going to go Vrabel. Josh and then Vrabel. All right, and then the only other one is the Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. The Oakland Raiders. I mean, I can go to one place that wears a patch, or I can go to the other place that wears a patch on their eye. I think it's been very funny that ESPN has oftentimes gotten beat on their own guys going places, but not this time. They've been putting out everything about John Gruden. When I texted you that he might be getting ownership, I went, how do you turn that down? Mm -hmm. Do you like Gruden and the Raiders? Yeah. Do you like it more than Gruden the Bucks? 
I like it more for the Raiders. Yeah, I do. I, I mean, I think it's a match made in heaven. I mean, he's a freaking Raider. I mean, that's what he is. I mean, right? He's like a little I liked blonde. him better as the coach for the Raiders. He's he a, fit that. Right. I mean, he, he is. He's he's the epitome of that. Like, you know, just a, uh, what do I want to say? I mean, a he's swashbuckler. A, a little bit. Exactly right. A renegade, right? That's what he is. Well, and he you fits said that. part of the allure of Tampa Bay for Gruden was he lived in Tampa. Yes. Truly roots for well, Tampa. Well, now it's across the country. No, but when they say you're going to get ownership of the Oakland Raiders, you go, huh? Uh, wh- when do I move? Uh, but I-, I think there's also the, you know, okay, Derek Carr is there, right? And as much as I have the concerns, at least you have a quarterback that's been there, done that a little bit, and they've right. seen he's gotten to see him on film. They have an Amari Cooper. They have some pieces on the offensive line. And I do think he'll be able to find the right people to coach defense. Gruden really understands defense. He could coach a defense. Well, the rumors are that he likes Johnny Morton, the OC for the Jets, and he might try and steal him. Yeah, you got to connect in, dots, right? Might bring in Rich Gannon as his quarterback coach. Those, and the rumor was Paul Gunther. Right, the, who worked with his brother, Jay Gruden, in Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, he's right. the Bengals defensive quarterback. Right. You're not the biggest fan of Paul Gunther. I, I'm not, but there's there's worse out there. I mean, it's still a good scheme. It's, it's the Mike Zimmer type of scheme, yes. Uh, Chris Sims, former yeah. quarterback, friend right. of John Gruden, yeah. played under John Gruden. Right. He's been out of the game now for nearly Doesn't a matter. decade, Doesn't Monday Night matter. Football. How do you think his adjustment will be back to coaching? No adjustment. He's been coaching since he left. This is I knew this was only a matter of time before he came back. He can't help it. This is John freaking Gruden. I mean, he is the one calling ESPN going, hey, I'm watching film. Can we do another show on my film watching? I mean, this is what he is. He wants to... Break down film, draw up plays, get in front of the team, talk to them, communicate, teach plays to the offense, go out on the field, tell you how fucking stupid you are for messing up the plays he just taught you, and laugh about it. This is what he is. At his heart, he is in his DNA as a coach. That's what he's doing in the booth anyways. He's just coaching the audience. Do you think that him being in the booth and meeting with teams for the last seven to eight years and hearing their strategy, is that actually an advantage? No, I, I, he's smart enough to know their strategies and you know and what they do schematically. He breaks it down. He works hard at it. Is this a hire right. where the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos sit back and go shit, or they go whatever? No, I think they will go shit. I mean, it's going to go shit because they're going to become the most polarizing team in the AFC, let alone the AFC West. Here he is. You mean John Gruden? He's he's a you know a staple for NFL football. People can relate to John the way he looks. Everybody knows who he is, whether it's Corona or Hooters, Hooters commercial, whatever it may be. And I think if you're the Raiders, young quarterback, struggling team, this guy's been there. He knows how the organization works. He knows how the Davis family works. And now you want to go to Las Vegas and have a face of your franchise? He is the face. You have the face of the franchise he's right there. He's going to live in Vegas? Well, yes. He'll be all right. He doesn't he's one give of those a- guys who be like, I love Vegas, man. I come in here. Nobody wants to talk about shit. I just want to coach my fucking team, man. He probably will like that. I mean, it, it, the, the, the local media is not going to be as tough in you Vegas. You ever see one of them buffets in the casinos? All you can eat, twenty nine ninety nine. They're they're. Uh, Are just, you excited they, for him? I am very much. I'm excited to see him back, and I want I want the Raiders to be good. And I know he was the first person to put the Raiders back on the map. You know, there in the late nineties, early two thousands, before you went to Tampa Bay. Man, uh, what the hell do they do in that Monday Night Football booth? Because me and my friends were trying to figure out who's going to be in Monday Night Football. On announcers and i don't know that's a good question but i'll tell you what they can do what sims and lefko is officially <laughs> putting our names if john gruden gets this job for the oakland raiders espn look you can call up bleacher report and say hey can we borrow sims and lefko sean mcdonough it's been a pleasure i think the nfl needs a sims and lefko monday night football broadcast booth and we'll incorporate espn give us randy moss he'll be our third you, me, Randy Moss in the booth Monday Sam's? Night Football. Sam's? That's the one guy that I definitely want in the Monday Night Football booth. Right. I don't think it could be Sean McDonough and just Randy Moss. I think if they go Sean McDonough, Matt Hasselbeck, Randy Moss, yeah, that's, a good that's one. not a bad booth. Right. I'm not the biggest McDonough fan, as I've said on this podcast a yeah. lot of times, but I will say that I think Sims, Lefko, and Moss would be the best three-man booth they can get. That would be good. It would be, it would be fun. It would be hell of fun. It would be. It's time to change it up. My old plane buddy. I think Randy Moss needs to be on Monday Night Football. Yep. I don't need Steve Young. I don't need both Hasselback brothers. I definitely don't need Rex Ryan. I heard him during the, the, the first week of the year. It was not good. 
but I'm think- telling you to shut up. They're like, this has gone long enough. Here's the music. End this damn show. Well, because they realize that we're going to leave because we're going to ESPN to do Monday Night Football. <laughs> uh, Wednesday, we are recording a podcast, and it will come out episode 147, all of Sims's film. And then Thursday, 1 o'clock Eastern time, we are going to be doing our big betting show. We'll recap how we did last week, and we will bet on all four of those wild card games. I definitely beat you, right? Well, yeah, you won 1450 on one game. Okay. But I did pretty well for Sims. Peace out, homies. Fendrick would say good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says good night. We'll holler at you later. As always, love you. Enjoy football.